What's up, Bagtoe family? This is a major warning for you about the stock market. It could go in either direction from this point because we're at an extremely critical point. So we need you to stay to the end of the video because we're going to give you the bull case. We're also going to give you the bear case as to what's going to happen in the stock market. We're going to tell you what we think you should do. We're going to tell you what we're actually going to do. And then we want you to leave your position in the comments on what you're actually going to end up doing. So Nosey, let's get into it, bro. Let's, let's break this down yeah so everything we share will be in the description below as always and make sure that you guys are commenting and following along with any questions you guys have right but let's start with this so we saw january inflation rate coming at 6.4 and some people were excited about this right because oh we went down but this is why we want to be cautious here so before this the inflation rate was 6.5 percent now, when you think about it, we're barely, and I say barely very cautiously, we're not really dropping at all because what we were expecting was this number to be around 6.2 from other expectations. However, when it came at 6.4, it's kind of worrisome because now when you think about it, what the Fed does is when they increase interest rates, it's to basically hedge against inflation. That's the whole basis here, right? But when we see this rate come in at 6.4, it's saying that now things are starting to get very sticky. We're not dropping as fast as we did from 9.1 in June all the way to 6.5 in December. And guys, we want this rate to be around 2%. That's what Jerome Powell and the Fed really want. He's like between 2 to 3%. So if we continue at this pace, we're not hitting that 2 to 3 until next year and that's a major problem because if we don't hit this rate what the fed's gonna have to do is increase interest rates continue tightening up the policy which makes it harder for businesses now to make margins which makes it harder for them to make profits and all the pressure ends up coming to us the consumer so that is why when we see this inflation number i get hesitant and market is actually showing it because we've seen the market kind of pulled back a little bit so well what do you think about this 6.4 is it like a huge case to be like excited about nah and it's like yes you know people tend to look like month to month and month to month like you said we're seeing little improvements here and there but like inflation is sticky bro it could get you could have upticks out of nowhere which we're expecting and so at this point like you said we were dropping rapidly and now it seems like we're leveling off now we're going to start moving up sometimes down sometimes the market doesn't know what's going to happen and one thing about the stock market is when there's uncertainty no bueno it's not good that's a fact right that's a fact they do not like uncertainty and the crazy part about it is bro say this number goes to 6.3 that's that's even gonna be worse because like yo we're dropping or we're dropping at the pace of a snail and that's not what we want and this is the tool we want to show you guys right now so this is basically the fed watch tool right and what this shows you guys is projections of what we're going to be seeing in the next couple of months for how the fed's going to increase or decrease or keep the interest rate stagnant so this is all the projections they're going to see in the upcoming months and this is what a lot of traders use. This is what people and expert uh, analysts use to actually predict what's going to happen in the market. So when we look at it, it's showing you from March, May, June, et cetera, et cetera. So it's showing you different months and different expectations, right? This is the crazy part about this. So when you come down, it says the current rate is between 4.5 to 4.75%. And it's saying in March, 
we're expected at a rate of 76%. There's a 76% chance where we, the Fed, right, is going to increase the interest rates 4.7 to 5%. So you're going up 0.25. But this is where it gets insanely spooky, guys. You see this number right here, 24%. That means there's a 24% chance Jerome Powell might come around and increase rates 0.5. If he does that, bro, what's going to happen? Bro, the stock market not gonna like that because right now, as you said, traders, everybody, which is pretty much what makes up the stock market, has been pricing in that Jerome Powell is gonna move at 25 basis points or 0.25 percent mm -hmm. per meeting. This is saying next meeting he might move at 0.5 percent, bro. Nobody, nobody was expecting that. I'm so glad you said that, right? Because this morning, this 24 percent was 21 percent. Just a couple of days ago, it was 18%. And then when you scroll your eye over right here, one month ago, there was, it literally says 0%. Like no one thought this was even gonna happen. And now we jumped up and that's because of inflation. So can you imagine what happens if inflation goes at what I just said, 6.3, 6.5, 6.4? It's not good news whatsoever. So the other piece that I'm kind of bearish on, and let me know what you think, bro. Initially, in May, it was projected that we were going to stop increase, increasing interest rates. We were going to halt them. It was going to stay stagnant. Now, that doesn't seem like the case. There's like a more than 70% chance we increase rates again in May, which is not good, right? And then when you go to June, we increase a 67% chance again. 57 57 but yeah 57 i'm sorry so when you think about that it's like bro this is not good news because if we continue to increase interest rates what happens to businesses right like they have to take on a fat margin and all the pressure comes on the consumer what's important to note here also is like a month ago which was january 20th only three percent of of futures were saying that they're going to be increasing rates again in june only three percent now that number is 57 percent let's also think about what we said last time right what about march's meeting we just showed you that in march's meeting a month ago nobody thought we would be increasing rates uh after that keep on yep. talking keep on talking nobody thought we would be increasing rates 0.5 percent in march's meeting nobody now you see it says 21 percent Let's think about what January was. January was one of the best months for the for the Nasdaq, which is part of the stock market. One of the best months ever, if not the best month ever, right? So we rallied crazy in January. What has February been like? February has been stock market is refusing to move higher. It's been up and down, and then as of today, and I'll show you in a chart very soon in the episode, we're starting to move down again. Why? Because look at these numbers. These numbers are getting more bearish. They're showing you that people are anticipating more hikes that they did not expect. And I'm so happy you said bearish because, bro, that's really what brings me to the last point. It's the whole debt aspect of it, right? So guys, like when interest rates only getting higher, that means that interest rates on credit cards are going to get higher. Interest rates on auto loans are getting higher. Um, mortgages, it, it doesn't stop right there. It's not like the Fed says, okay, great. And then the rest of it just stays stagnant. Like that's not how things go, right? So we, right now, it says household debt hit record 16.9 trillion last quarter as consumers loaded up on their credit cards. So all the Valentine's Day spending, all the Christmas and holiday spending, that adds up 
And the, the thing is, it's like, okay, cool. Like you guys might be saying credit card always goes up, et cetera, et cetera. But this is kind of scary, right? Because I want to show something here about delinquency. So let me get this for you guys uh, right here. So it says that the share of current debt becoming delinquent increased across nearly all debt types with credit cards and auto loans showing delinquency transparency rates of 0.6 and 0.4% respectfully, right? Respectively, I'm sorry. So when you guys think about that, it doesn't seem like a lot, but this is where it becomes more crazy. So young borrowers in particular, those in their 20s and 30s, which is a lot of us, we're starting to make up basically who the economy relies on to continue moving forward, right? Are struggling with credit card and auto loan payments. That's not good. Because if we're struggling now, interest rates are only getting higher, we still have to pay those back and puts more pressure on us. Our wages are not going up as high. Layoffs are still continuing to expect it happen. And now I'm looking at, I'm like, it doesn't look too hot. And then it says while total delinquency remain low from what we saw pre-pandemic, the fact that they're actually going up right in a strong labor market is concerning. So even though they're all like, even though they're low, the fact that they're still even increasing in a strong labor market where people do have money, that doesn't sound too good to me. And that's my whole problem with this whole bear market rally right now, I think we do see some type of pullback and that's the whole bearish case for this. Yeah. All right. So let me, let me, let me show something then real quick. Cause I, I want to make a point on that uh, credit card thing, the credit card delinquencies that, that we've been talking about here. So, so coming here, right. Looking at these delinquency rates, like mm -hmm. you said, delinquency rates are rising, but they are near historic lows. So from my, bulls out there or people who are kind of optimistic on the economy and the stock market it is important to see that yes delinquency rates are rising but this increases from a 35 year record low that we reached in the second quarter of 2021 so they're rising but they're rising off of literally historic lows like if you hit a historic low the only way to go kind of is up so that's something that you know people who are optimistic is saying so like when you take the longer view, you can see that delinquency rates, while they're rising, are still at historically low levels. They're still well below the historical average delinquency rates. And they're not rising significantly for a particular type of credit product, such as real estate loans or credit cards. Right? It's just funny because the other one, like this is this is why it can go both ways. And that the bull case is there. It's just funny how you're saying for a particular card and my link is saying for a particular card or a particular industry because they they're highlighting the positive while the others highlight the negative so yeah and then is that's why you that's why it's important to like see both sides and taking what you want to take right because different outlets will show you different things like uh like they said delinquency rates of real estate loans including mortgages and HELOCs have increased over the past year but they're still just half of their 2019 rates right? so it's like people and remember, your mortgage loan is the biggest bill on your budget. Like everybody look at your budget, your rent, your, well, really your mortgage is really the biggest expense. So if people are not really going delinquent on those, which is very good for the economy, that's that's important. We don't want people to go delinquent on those. That would be very, very bad. Mm -hmm. So on the credit side, it's like we have to keep our eye on it because like Nooski said, it's rising, but we're still at lows. And for the biggest expense, like, like your real estate, people are able to handle those payments as of right now. Now people spending in general retail sales in the u.s unexpectedly jumped three percent month over month in the january of 2023 
That's the biggest increase since March of 2021 and way above market forecast of a 1.8% rise. So people are actually still spending. And I know that could point to inflation, but it also points to the fact that like people have money. People mm -hmm. literally have money. So although the Fed has increased interest rates and it's remaining high and they're going to keep interest rates high as long as inflation is high. Jerome Powell said that people have been able to handle it. I don't know how. I don't think anybody necessarily knows how. But unemployment is low. People have jobs and they've been able to handle the high prices of items. So it's kind of like, I mean, hey, well, what can you say? Like everybody expects to pay. I think they're handling it because this ties back exactly to the credit card. Because in January, we see unexpected rising of spending from consumers, right? And then we see credit card debts go higher in the last three months. So it kind of ties back. Yeah. So, so you're saying like, it's like a credit reason that they're putting yeah i i really bro like if you think about it, right guys if you guys are listening right now just think about your own spending habits like and how the people around you are doing it right like that's what i'm learning a lot to do and it's all on credit so yeah. i think that's a huge part of it um but now that we're making the bull case i could see what you're saying right now right i see what the vision is on this side if you guys agree with well and you guys say anything comment below if you if you see anything i'm saying comment below if you're still watching make sure you like this video but continue doing what you're doing bro yeah for sure so you know we talked about credit is rising but people are not going to link with unimportant payments so right we'll keep an eye on that now as far as like the stock market and how it's doing guys um the s p 500 right which is the top 500 stocks in the, in the stock market right and everybody looks towards that to kind of get a gauge on what the stock market is doing we had a negative year last year everybody knows last year was painful 2022 now the s p 500 has only seen back-to-back -back down years on four occasions this is not a common thing to where the s p 500 has a bad year and then comes back the very next year and is negative again only happened four times extremely rare um and so I'm not saying like that can't happen. I'm just saying it's, it's happened once in the Great Depression, another time in World War II, the 1970s oil crisis, and then during the dot-com bubble in the early 2000s. All right. And then when it comes to three consecutive negative years, that's happened twice, the dot-com crash and also between 1939 and 1941. So I'm just saying that chances are, if you're talking historically, we're actually supposed to move up this year. I can say that. Um, uh, and then also kind of looking at the charts right now. So it's so the first time we're doing charts on the channel, y'all. So let's, let's see how this goes, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I know some uh, traders that listen to the show, y'all know how this go already, but for people yeah. who have no clue what they're looking at, just understand that this represents the price of what we use to gauge the stock market. So if you just literally follow direction, right? If it's going down, that means prices are going down. If it goes up. That means prices are going up very simple right and can so, you tell them what chart this is just so people know for sure this is spy which represents the s p 500 and remember we said the five top s p 500 is the top 500 stocks represented in one basket right and so if you look at the price of that basket right what's been happening is if you look at this blue line this is the 200 day moving average which is giving you an average of the prices over the past 200 days for this index whenever it's below the blue line look at prices right it tends to go down prices keep going down but when we trade above it look how long we traded above it looking 
Look how low we traded above this blue line. We're going back. That was 2020. This is 2020. Typically, we only go below it in bear markets, right? Like, look at this was COVID. This was COVID. But generally, in bull markets, we stay above the 200-day moving average, right? This this is 2018. You know what happened at the end of 2018? This was back there with the whole uh, trade thing, trade crisis. So coming now here, we've seen this already. This was 2022. Obviously, we was below the blue line in 2022. Horrible. Mm -hmm. Now, look at us recently. This is what I wanted to bring up for you guys. We are finally trading above the 200-day moving average. We've had 21 consecutive days above the 200-day moving average. It has never happened in history where you trade above the 200-day 21 consecutive times and then go ahead and make another new low. So for people yeah. who think we're about to come back to make new lows, all I'm saying is historically that has never happened. You don't stay above your 200 day for this long and then eventually come back and crash all the way back to new lows. What'd you think about that, No, No, that's that's a valid point. I actually saw that on Twitter too. Uh, I, I forget, I wanna shout them out. I just can't, can't remember the tweet. I know exactly what you're talking about though. Um, there was a stat on that. So I, I agree, right? I think there is a bullish case when you look at the charts on this because what you just said, right? When you, the 200 day moving average and for my beginners out there, this might seem complicated, but well, if you just zoom out, bro, really quickly, right? And just do me a favor and change it from candles to just the blue line where they just see strictly lines. Good point, yeah. Just so they can see it, right? This yeah. is really gonna help you guys understand it. So literally that blue thing that he just did is now showing you just lines, doesn't matter. So if you look in the direction, we're just going down, 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 down. And now Rel is basically saying, We've been above that 200-day moving average for 21 days. So yes, I think there is a case for bull, right, as well. So yeah. now what I want to talk about is essentially, bro, how can you, as a person who's listening right now, take control of the stock market, right? Like what to really do? Can we get into that now? Yeah, we definitely could. I just, I just want to let them know, like, I know we've been trading above it but these blue lines that i had right here these horizontal lines you see how this candle which is today today price came below this horizontal blue line without getting detail about it just know that that's not good so i'm we we've been doing well but we could potentially come back and even go below this 200 day again and then we'll see if we come to make new lows so for the bears out there this was exciting for them to see because they're like oh we might be coming down so with that being said to to answer Nusi's question it's like what should you do um i think that a person should invest conservatively and i say that because at the end of the day these are all discounts and what do i mean by these are discounts right Booker price is right here at 399. do you realize that before this bear market started we were all the way at 480 dollars Right. So you're still getting a discount, even if you're buying the average stock market down here, it's still a discount. So, yes, price might come down here to 363. Yes, everything down here is a discount, regardless if you're a long term investor. So for my long term investors, regardless of, you know, you might not catch the bottom, but you're still going to get a good deal here. So I think in, invest conservatively because we might go down again. But what if we don't Right. on some of the discount? And this is what uh, I want to bring up one more link, right? So yeah. this is going to show you guys how how essentially 
if you guys want to continue investing and we always urge you guys to continue investing this is what we really want to show you in terms of why dollar cost averaging is the best thing to do right so Rel already said it i won't go into detail of why you need to you know continue investing or invest conservatively i a thousand percent agree with him on that like there's no need to dump a lump sum amount in and why we're saying that is because history has shown it so if you guys remember what Rel said is 2000 the dot-com bubble was 2000 right so 2000 2001 two and three it was not good like 2000 2001 2001 2002 2002 to 2003 it was it was just not good right the stock market saw a ridiculously bad time but then we saw it go up so this is showing you that let's just change this number to ten thousand dollars right because i hear it all the time yo i want to dump money in the stock market bro mm -hmm. If you dump money in the stock market, a lump sum amount from 2000 at the beginning of 2000, you would have $10,977 at the end of 2010. That's not you made good. a whopping 10%. I mean, not even you made 9.7, bro. So <laughs> not even 1% a year. That's what happens when you dump a lump sum amount. So this is a warning to all you guys do not dump a lump sum amount into the stock market right now. It's just not the smart thing to do. What we need you to do instead is what Duarell said, invest, but be conservative. How do you do that? Bro, let's just scroll down here. If you dollar cost average, so rather than dumping the 10,000 all at once, if you just broke that into a 24 month period in the same time span from 2000 to 2010, look what happens. If you invested $10,000, the final amount would be $11,926. So yes, I'm not saying this was amazing return, but you made a better return for only investing 24 months, which is two years from 2000, 2010, which is crazy because if you picked up on what I said earlier, 2000, 2001, two and three sucked. So you didn't even take advantage of the bull cycle and you still made it out alive with a better return which is why you guys want to invest, continue dollar cost averaging, and make sure you're investing in good, credible companies, or just rock out with the S&P 500, like we always say. So and that's how I think it makes sense. And just to just to clarify, because you said from 2000 to 2010, did you mean from 2000 to 2002? Because you said 24 months? Yeah, no, I'm saying what this is saying to you guys is basically from 2000, 2010, this is showing you the, like the estimate, right? So if I click this, it's showing you all the way down to 2010, bro. Mm. Look, 2010. It's just saying that if this is just showing you how powerful dollar cost average is, because if you invested in month one, right, all the way to month 24, because this is 12 and 12, you still made it out better than putting it in lump sum. And you never even took advantage from 2002 to 2010, which was still a decent cycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the crazy part. And that's what we want to end here today with, because, guys, at the end of the day, if you guys take care of what you're supposed to invest in a smart way and dollar cost average, you will be OK for the long term. This is not the time to get involved in mean stocks and do any of that nonsense. That's our warning to you guys. But if you're still watching, we appreciate you. Thank you. Please make sure you comment any questions you have or what you think is going to happen. And as always, please click that uh, click, uh, click that notification because we drop 
two videos a week. And you don't want to miss them. Appreciate you guys. Check us out on Monday. But until then, peace. Peace. Soundstripe.